This is Weirdly Enough, your regular podcast for strange stories and amazing facts. Delivered straight to your favorite podcast directory and at weirdlyenough.com. Now, here are your hosts, Andy and Len. Yes, back again and both of us wearing masks because that's the new rule, isn't it? No, we're, we're not actually, but we're keeping the, the distance. And if we do go into a shop, we're going to put masks on because that's the thing now, isn't it? We're just talking about masks. Well, it's funny, you know... Sit back a wee bit, just when it, when it comes to masks, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think a mask is enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, yeah, I was I went well, online there. Yeah. Well, I haven't worn that much yet, but I was online there okay. and I thought, you know... He's not wearing that much. I'm not feeling. I'm not feeling safe. Yeah. So I'm thinking, in order to feel safe, okay, go for the Phil Gimpset. Okay, right with the so, zip. Yeah. With a zip, yeah, it's a bit, it's about pricey. Like it's three hundred quid, but you know, it's it's worth it. To, yeah, well, to what, feel what safe, prices? You know? uh, yeah, well, and it keeps others safe as well. It keeps other. It's a responsible thing to do. So when you're in public transport, you know, you're there yeah. in the Gimpset, everybody's feeling. So what, we'll have to start doing that, but from pop function, you know, bring out the gump. <laughs> the gump's sleeping. I, I just love going into shops and I always forget and have to go back and get a mask and put it on. And But the thing is, like a few months ago, well, before this whole thing happened, if you'd walked into a shop in a mask, mm. they would have thought you were robbing the place. Now they tell you, you have to be, you have to have this mask on. It is quite bizarre. Yeah. I wonder. Um, I wonder how many crimes have been committed under the guise of, of COVID masks. Well, you see, this is the thing because I, I kind of cut sight of myself the other day wearing a mask and I was wearing shades at the time yeah. because it was a sunny day, and I thought I looked like if you ever see the video for Bank Robber by the Clash, right. if you yeah. ever see the punters and that, yeah, because I was wearing like you know like one of these washable masks. It's like a big heavy, but it's not one of the trendy ones. Yeah, it's yeah. like a big kind of like repurposed kind of cloth one right but it looks like an old school kind of bank robber yeah you know mm-hmm. kind of like wrapping a rag around your face uh, uh, kind of thing yeah i've got one of the black ones do they have like a lot of vans and stuff on them i don't know no some of them do some of them are like uber expensive like yeah no i don't, I don't think this one was um yeah masks but anyway let's crack on with the podcast today we're going to be looking at uh air uh, mystery airships but before we get on to that there, there have been some comments on, on youtube because we do we podcast this it's all out in the podcast networks um but we're also on youtube so if you if you like listening to your stuff there which some people do um go there we don't do anything visual it's just a picture of us uh but but you get your audio there uh through youtube but apparently do you remember we were talking in the mandela effect and one of the things you were talking mm. about was the bone behind the eye and you said there oh, isn't yeah. the bone behind the eye well somebody's yeah. come on youtube and said there is yeah you see I, I was getting confused because you know i'm not an anatomist yeah but it was just uh-huh. one of those little kind of things that were, were pointed out about the mandela effect you, to be honest the mandela effect it's so big yeah you could probably do a whole season about the mandela effect it's that massive youtube user requiem uh pointed this out to us uh, he or she says uh, that uh, they do believe in the Mandela effect, but in this case, this was just a case of stupid. So there you are. Were we being stupid? I think so, yes, by well, not knowing about I wouldn't care you know, about a bone behind the Requiem, eye. Requiem can jog on. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sorry, it's, it's been hot the past <coughs> week. I'm getting very agitated. You are, yes. You're going to start it, one of those YouTube comment wars. I, I was kind of thinking, you know, it's probably early days at the moment, but you say going forward, we could maybe kind of have some internet beef with people. Yeah, I think so. And yeah. create a bit of drama. Remember your 
distance. Oh, right, yeah. No, you're too close. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, that's better. It's like the opposite to COVID culture. Yes. Where you're always yeah. supposed to be. Well, no, this is, this, this is the same as COVID culture. You have to stay away from the microphone. Oh, right. Yeah. Away, not, yeah, go down. You hear about that party somewhere during the whole lockdown thing? These people had a party. Sure, everybody's they, having parties. They passed around a microphone. They were doing karaoke, and that's how they all got, got yeah, it. Yeah, this is this, because like... I probably told that story loads of, because I read it in the Sunday world about yeah. us. Uh-huh. but All apparently right. the story was I know we're rambling but it's spontaneous apparently it was a civil servant an unnamed civil servant and she was working in London right um, and she caught a touch of the COVID yes when yeah. she was in London okay. but on a, one of her weekends back at home in Lima Valley she decided to throw a karaoke party as you do oh, I thought this was across the water as, the, as we say over here well, no, that's the oh, one I heard. Yeah, this was right. Valley. Okay, no, so she had like a yeah. karaoke party, and um, half of Lennon Valley turned up and got you know and got the covids, got the covids because oh, they're all like spitting on each other and sharing mics and and sure. all the rest. But she, she basically infected the whole town. Sharing. Uh, yeah. So Valley was in lockdown, but yeah. it, it wasn't really in lockdown. It was just like a couple of shops shut. Yeah, and opened uh-huh. again about uh-huh. two days later. Right. So okay, you know. Anyway, let's crack on mystery uh, airships. Yeah, Mystery Airships is obviously one of the things we look at in the podcast is UFOs. It's kind of part of our, our remit. Yeah. But this is a bit different. Um, in the late 19th century in America, there was a wave. Is this kind of historic UFO? So back, you know, before yeah. before we were talking about planes and stuff. Yeah. Aircraft. The, normally people talk about UFOs as, you know, your man Kenneth Arnold in 47. Yeah. Uh-huh. He was the guy that sort of coined the phrase flying saucers. Right, okay. Because he was, he, he was flying about in this plane they saw. Flying saucers. Yeah. Mind you, before that in World War Two, there was the infamous Foo Fighters. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which your man, Dave Grohl, named his band after. Uh-huh. But um, it wasn't yeah. the Nirvana coming over actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you are. Um, but in the eighteen nineties, there were some mysterious airships that turned up uh, in California. Right. And um, this was in eighteen ninety six. Um, now, I sort of not do a sort of dry chronological kind of thing. I'll just yeah. there's a few little vignettes that are, are quite interesting. Uh, the Sacramento Bay reported the first sighting on November, sorry, this is very Americanized, 18th of November. And the Sacramento Bay, I assume, is a local rag. Aye, a local yes. rag, I would uh, assume, in, in California. Uh, witnesses reported light moving slowly over Sacramento on the evening of the 17th of November Yeah. Uh, at a thousand feet in the air. Uh, a witness named R.L. Lowry reported that he heard a voice from the craft issuing commands to increase elevation in order to avoid hitting a church staple. So somebody on board the, uh, the the craft was issuing these commands. Yeah, but it, in English, it gets quite interesting when you get into it. It's very, it's very strange. Uh, Colonel H. G. Shaw uh, was driving his buggy through the countryside in uh, Southern California in November 19, 1596, mm-hmm. and he came across what appeared to be a landed spacecraft. He described it as having a metallic surface, which was completely featureless, apart from a rudder and pointed ends. He estimated the diameter of 25 feet and said the vessel was around 150 feet in total length. Uh, three slender, seven-foot-tall extraterrestrials uh-huh. were said to approach from the craft whilst emitting a strange warbling noise. Uh, the Bangs reportedly examined Shaw's buggy and then tried to physically force him to accompany them back to the airship. The aliens were said to give up after realising they lacked the physical strength to force Shaw aboard. Ab- 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 well, they're seven-foot and they couldn't... All three of them couldn't handle 
Well, he was obviously a military man. All right, yeah. So you know I what I mean. say. On you go, chaps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they supposedly fled back to their ship, which lifted off the ground and sped out of sight. He, uh, Colonel Shaw, believed that the beings were Martians, mm-hmm. sent to kidnap an earthling for unknowable but potentially nefarious purposes. I would say very much nefarious. And they say that's one of the earliest recorded examples of oh, attempted... Yeah, well, attempted alien abduction. So this was 18, what? 1996. November 1996. November 1996. And there's loads and loads and loads of these. We'll, we'll, we'll run through a few. Uh, one witness from Arkansas, uh, allegedly a former state har- senator called Harris, was supposedly told by an airship pilot uh, that the craft was bound for Cuba to use its Hotchkiss gun, which was like an early type of machine gun, uh-huh. to kill Spaniards. Oh, dear. So they were off to kill Spaniards. I think it was something to do with the, the Spanish-American wars. They were off to, to Cuba. We can't be having that. Yeah. Uh, in one account from Texas, uh, three men reported an encounter with an airship and with five peculiarly dressed men who said that they were descendants of the Lost Tribes of Israel. Right. And learned English from the 1553 North Pole expedition led by Hugh Willoughby. Okay, so they'd been living in the North Pole all this time. Yeah, that were like one of the Lost Tribes of Israel. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Matt's he will be learned English off him. So could and some then obviously created airships and all. Could some of these airships have been early, um, like military craft, well, rather yeah. than extraterrestrial? It's funny you should say that because we'll, but we'll, we'll get on that. Um, some of the stories are, are they're quite lurid. Um, an article in the Albion Weekly News said that two witnesses saw an airship crash just inches from where they were standing. The airship suddenly disappeared with a man standing where the vessel had been. The airship pilot showed the man a small device that supposedly enabled them to shrink the airship small enough to store the vessel in its pocket. Um, on April, it's handy. It's handy, yeah. On April 10th, 1897, the St. Louis uh-huh. um, Post published a story reporting that one W.H. Hopkins encountered a grounded airship about 20 feet in length and 8 feet in diameter near the outskirts of Springfield, Missouri. Okay. The vehicle was apparently propelled by three large propellers and crewed uh, by a nude woman and a bearded man. I went to Taco Bell once in Springfield, Missouri. He was also nude, apparently. N- not impressed. Um, oh, sorry, the nude man. Uh, was the woman nude too? They were both nude. Do you think they were caught unawares? Do you think they were meant to have clothes on and they were just out in their um, airship? And maybe thought, they were well, nude. Maybe they were nudists. It's a wee bit warm. Let's let's engage in our in our second hobby of nudism. Yeah. Hopkins attempted with some difficulty to communicate with the crew in order to ascertain their origins. Eventually, they understood what Hopkins was asking of them, and they both pointed to the sky and uttered something that sounded like the word Mars. <laughs> of course, it did. On April sixteenth, eighteen ninety seven, a story published by the Table Rock Argus claimed that a group of anonymous but reliable witnesses had seen an airship sitting overhead. Uh, the craft had many passengers. Wait a minute, how can they be reliable if they're anonymous? Well, hang on, the Table Rock Argus right. say they're reliable, oh, okay. so... yeah. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. if, if they're, like, like a, like a colonel or whatever, they're, you know, they're probably yeah. bona fide, like, you know? Okay. Uh, the witnesses claimed that amongst these passengers was a woman tied to a chair. Ooh. A woman attending her. And a man with a pistol guarding their apparent prisoner. Yeah. Uh, before the witness fought to contact the authorities, the airship was already gone. Mm. I suppose you can't just like ring 911 or whatever in those days, you know. 
I wonder how long it was before he thought, I'd better contact the authorities here. Yeah. What authorities would you, would, you, would you send a telegram pigeon? I suppose the local, um, the old bill, I would imagine. Constabulary. Explain there's nefarious activities going on. Yes. Uh, now, there is a theory. You were talking about military experiments and whatnot. Um, in 2009, American author J. Allen Danilak wrote a book called The Great Airship of 1897. Right. He made the case that the mystery airship was the work of an unknown individual, possibly funded by a wealthy investor from San Francisco. And it was basically to build like a prototype airship um, with a view to you know starting a passenger service at some point in the future. Hmm. Uh, the ship, he proposes, was built in secret to safeguard its design from patent infringement, as well as to protect investors in case of failure. Uh, noting that the flights were initially seen over California and then only later the Midwest, as in St. Louis, he speculates the inventor was making a series of short test flights, moving from west to east and following the main railway lines for logistical support. And it was these experimental flights that formed the basis for many of the newspaper accounts from the era. Um, now, everything stopped in mid April 1897. Hmm. There was no other accounts after 1897. Um, so yeah, it's very very strange. Um, the, the, so Washington, a lot of people took the idea that it probably was an extraterrestrial thing. Uh, the Washington Times speculated the airships were a reconnoitering party from Mars, um, and the St. Louis Post Dispatch also thought it was a Martian. Um, in nineteen oh nine, a letter printed in the Otago Daily Times of New Zealand said that the mystery airship sightings then being reported in New Zealand, so there, there was a little yeah. wave in 1909 in New Zealand, New Zealand right. uh, with due to Martian atomic-powered spaceships. So it's all very interesting. Yeah. So yeah, um, Did they look like airships, as, as you would know them, like like a Zeppelin or something like that? Yeah, right? yeah. That, or were they just called airships and they could have been like flying saucers? They basically looked like airships, so right. I, I would go, to be honest, it's quite possible somebody was just experimenting with, with it's, things at the time. It's strange that throughout history... Uh, last what, 120 years of, of encounters uh, or so-called encounters yeah. with, with UFOs and things like that they have always fitted into um, the the technology of that time yes. so you've had airships back then and then in the 50s you have these kind of flying saucer things almost like, like those ca- caravans what, those airstream I think they're called yeah, yeah, you yeah. know those big silver caravans you get they kind of look like that and the ones today are sort of maybe more more like fighter jets and more like uh yeah. you know experimental very very fast jets so it seems that maybe there's there's a little bit of a little bit of sort of creative license there in the people that see them but but not creative enough to to hide their their lie if that's what it is one of the more interesting aspects of the whole phenomenon there's a french guy called jack Vallée, right and his had a, he had a very controversial kind of theory about UFOs generally, and his theory is that we generate them out of our own minds. Right. They're like a kind of projection. But they are physical. Well, it's that idea that everything's energy. Yeah. You know, so we're kind of like, and we're kind of saying different kind of, it's always perceived in your own cultural terms. It's like back in the day, people would have perceived them as like leprechauns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like fairies or angels or whatever. Yes. But now we're seeing them as as aliens you yeah, know it's whatever uh-huh. your kind of cultural yeah kind of that's the thing I'm, that's the thing I'm trying to get yeah. to you know it's kind of cultural the the what people see yeah in whatever time time period you know but then that doesn't explain ancient aliens and things like that you know the 
the the carvings and and uh, drawings from way back when. Well, I suppose it does make sense. It's like, what are the aliens? You know, are they from another dimension? Mm. Are they from another planet? Are they from the future? Yeah. Um. Are they demonic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, are we are we actually projecting these things ourselves? You know what I mean? It, it, there's different. There's definitely something going on. Have we but ever what, lo- what what there is? I would keep a very open mind towards. Uh, you know. Have we ever looked at uh, ancient aliens? On uh, weirdly enough. No, but we have to. We will. We'll I'm come maybe to work that. on a future show. I'd yeah. say it might be good. Uh-huh. So I think that's it. That's yeah. it. Okay. Uh, we'll be back in a minute or two with uh, a few snippets. Welcome back. Yes, you're tuned to the Weirdly Enough podcast. I'm Andy Kane, and I'm joined with Len Johnson. So this one came through in the week. Donald Trump isn't one to shy away from changing laws to suit himself or indeed his wonderful hair. Uh, and this week, the White House is proposing to change the rules uh, to allow more water to flow through shower heads in the United States. This is, this is like weird. This is a weird thing. Uh, I know this is just a, a law being changed and stuff, but I just thought this, this came up. I thought that is weird. Do you know how I first came across that this week? Uh-huh. Have you ever heard of Sarah Cooper? No. It's just you know, I don't know, have you seen this whole new thing for young comedians? Right. Um, where they lip sync on to politicians on TikTok. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh there's this girl, Maggie Foster. She was doing it, um and she ended up on Good Morning Britain and stuff right. like that. Yeah. Um and she she was like lip syncing, you know, like Boris Johnson and people yeah. like that, uh-huh. you know and um, people doing interviews but Sarah Cooper does the same thing she calls herself the Trump whisperer alright so it's actually quite quite cleverly done but yeah I, I came up because I was following her you say on Twitter yeah uh-huh. and I, she was doing a bit about um, the whole showerhead thing that's how I came across that's <laughs> so, all about like. well it's a 1992 ruling meant that the flow was restricted to two and a half gallons a minute however Trump lamented that you take a shower the water doesn't come out you want to wash your hands the water doesn't come out so what do you do you just stand there longer or you take a, a, a shower longer because my hair i don't you know uh i don't know about you but it has to be perfect perfect he said <laughs> uh conservation groups are obviously not happy about any change which should mean more water uh, and energy is wasted and another one i saw this was quite good i know you love this term the new normal don't you Oh, the new abnormal. The new abnormal. I I, 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 was getting quite irritated about it because everybody was saying it's the new normal, and then I thought, well, instead of getting annoyed about it, yeah, subverted <laughs> by sort of saying new abnormal. New abnormal. Okay, so well, it's new abnormal. Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> it's uh, well, it's brought a lot of challenges to churches. Of course, people haven't been able to congregate, so physical services are out of the question. Uh, most members of the clergy, however, have adapted to use technology to present their church services. Uh, another thing that's suffered is the uh, sacrament of Holy Communion. Of course, passing bread and wine, or Ribena in some cases, around isn't allowed. Uh, but one Church of England vicar has come up with a novel way to give bread to parishioners while uh, adhering to government protocols. Reverend Eileen Harrop from uh, Durham has used her Chinese heritage to inspire uh, as inspiration on how to pass around the sacrament by using chopsticks to pass the bread. Oh yes, I saw something about that. Uh, Reverend Eileen said, I thought, why can't I use long pairs of chopsticks, real bread while in wafers, and drop it into the communicant's hands? I saw an, an Episcopalian um, church in America. That's easy for you to say. Episcopal- try saying that after a few, um, 
few stellas. Episcopalian. Episcopalian. Um, he was using like a water pistol. Right. And like a, a baptism. Right. Or a crystalline. He was yeah. Like, did the win. Fair enough. To maintain social distance and he was going... <laughs> well, they're all getting through it, you know. Yes. We all have to... Do it to get Fred, get or get Fred to do it, or yeah, yeah, whatever. Do it to is. get Fred. I don't know. Hope you all stay fit and healthy, and uh, come back to us next week. Remember, you can subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I think we're on Amazon. They're starting a podcast service, and we're going to be on that, which is really exciting because you mm. can ask your Alexa to play uh, weirdly enough podcast. Um, we're on Spotify, all the other ones as well. Follow us on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Uh, send us a message. Um, even uh, you can email us po- podcast at weirdlyenough.com and we will get back to you or comments. Uh, we're also on YouTube. Comment on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all those things. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Weirdly Enough. Remember to subscribe to get the latest edition as soon as it drops. And don't forget to leave a review. Email us about anything we've discussed or with your own weird tale at podcast at weirdlyenough.com.